This is episode one of Davy and Me, Role Models. Do I have one? I don't know. I haven't thought about that in a long time. I think that might be the most popular stock question teachers like to ask their students, right? If you could walk in somebody else's shoes for a day, who would it be and why? When we're kids, we get asked that over and over again until one day we reach an age where it begins to sound naive. And that's when children officially become adults. Whether I have a role model or not, I'll have to give that some thought. But I certainly had one. Yeah, back in the day, that question was never difficult for me to answer. I had one, a role model. He wasn't the sort of person whose shoes I could walk in, but I admired his commitment to doing the right thing no matter what. You could say people got to know him as a symbol of true American values, respected by many as a real-life superhero. And he represented to me what every man should be, brave, virtuous, self-sacrificing. That's what I thought he was. But one day, it was revealed to me that actually, he was a fraud. This so-called role model was neither brave nor virtuous. The self-sacrificing part turned out to be a facade. When things got tough, I heard that he begged for mercy. He tapped out, compromised his principles. But that was a long time ago, and I was just a kid then. Later on, I learned to live without role models. I came to Korea all by myself when I was only 20. I learned the language, got through school in a foreign country, and now I got a job. But not just any ordinary job, I'm doing what I love. And that's more than what most people can say these days, right? I did that all by myself. It was all me. I didn't need an example. So no to role models. Maybe some people need them. But I don't. But that's okay. I don't hold anything against him. He's just a person, that's all. He's human. And humans make mistakes. They go down wrong paths. I could still have a conversation with him. He would just be like any other person I met. I would just shake his hand and say hi. Maybe I'd tell him he let me down just so he knew but that's as far as I'd go he would have liked this view though up on top of this mountain down there is my life crazy and unpredictable way up here where people don't come at night I can think I'm lucky to be able to walk five minutes outside my house and just climb up a mountain and be all alone I can ask the questions that matter How will I make my next move in my career? What will I eat for dinner? What choices do I need to make to be successful? These are all questions I can only ask myself, because I don't know anybody else doing the same thing that I'm doing, as an American new media producer who just turned 20. I mean 30. (laughs) Working in Korea. Maybe if I did have a role model, it would be useful, but I wouldn't even know where to look. 
although I do wonder how much I've changed since I forsook my hero, went down my own path. Am I a better person now than I was before? How have I evolved in the last ten years since I moved to Korea? Yeah, I think about that a lot. I've had to adapt to my environment to survive. What have I sacrificed about my identity to be able to stand on top of this mountain? I guess this is something that only someone who has lived as an immigrant would understand. When you learn another language and are forced to get along with people of backgrounds and ways of thinking so different from yourself, you change. But you don't notice it when it's happening. You notice it at times like this of self-reflection, when you think about who your role model was when you were a kid. You compare your old self to your adult reality. Yeah, I'm not the same person I used to be. Every morning, I wake up at 7.30, but I lie in bed for an hour. That's one aspect of myself that hasn't changed. I'm not a morning person. I take a shower, a long shower. That hasn't changed. I read as much as I can on my way to work. I'm still looking for the material that will inspire me to produce my masterpiece feature-length movie. That also has not changed. But then when I arrive at my office, the changes to my personality become apparent. At work, we are putting together a plan for a commercial. Another mobile game is coming up. Basically a ripoff of Clash of Clans. A strategy game. We should have finished the proposal yesterday, but it's not done yet. In the idea I pitched, I wanted to portray the background story of some of the characters. How does this sound? I'm still working on it, so hear me out here. A king with good intentions, but a dangerous temperament. A knight torn between loyalty to his people and what he knows is the right thing to do. A monster that can only be destroyed with great consequences. All of these important plot points portrayed in an animated series. I'm wondering, if I was a kid, what kind of commercial I'd want to see. Maybe if consumers can get interested in the drama of it all, they might be interested in pressing the download button. But the other people want something a little more sensory stimulating. And by other people, I mean the other producers on my team. They are less concerned with the content of the game and more about, well, I don't really know what their concept is yet. Uh, I guess I'll let them explain that to you. Let us schoolgirls riding bikes with short skirts. Sexy models playing mobile games while lounging around on pink bed covers. POV shots of men watching famous women posing as their girlfriends. Plastic surgery and legs, lots of legs, because they are the boobs of Korea. <laughs> so I stopped pushing my ideas and just let this go, because I'm outnumbered by the other team members, and we will stick with the girls on pink bed cover concept. Otherwise we won't reach a conclusion, and we're going to end up pulling another all-nighter, which I don't want to do. I gotta preserve my sanity. I gotta have energy left over for the weekend so I can work on my movie script. Someday I promise you, I'm gonna have my masterpiece. It's gonna be awesome. You just wait and see.
If the mountain is my bird's eye objective view of the world, my apartment is a sanctuary from the craziness of the city. I just got married a few months ago and things are going well so far, as they should be, right? When I'm at home, I'm at ease. I try to forget the drama of work and just spend time with my wife. But she has to wake up early tomorrow, so she goes to bed not long after I arrive. I shut the door to our office slash changing room. Hello? Hey, Alex. It's Brian. Hey, how's it going? Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Oh, there we go. How are you? Pretty good. I saw in your picture you had a beard before. I was pretty surprised to see that. Yeah, I'm playing around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing a dis- I'm doing a dissertation beard for the moment. Did you see Silence yet? No, I didn't see it yet. It doesn't come out until the 28th. Good shit. Yeah. At least I thought so. I thought it was his best movie in like at least a decade. Yeah, the last good movie that I think he made was like what? Departed. I liked the de- Yeah, The Departed, and that I think was maybe more than 10 years ago already. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that was like our sophomore year. We saw that together. Yeah, maybe 06. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm Kate and I, look at this, dude. Fucking, look, can you read that? Oh, dude, you're Korean fun. Dude, I'm so excited about you guys coming here. Ooh, ooh, big fucking fatty benches. Dude, what's that? They're fatty benches, dude. I know, but it looks like, like toy money or something. Looks- oh, that's new money, man. That's what our money looks like now. Oh. Yeah, it's different colors and it's got <laughs> these these stripes. Oh, and I got a fucking some chunwans in here too. Oh yeah, you got some cream money. Just Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Uh, from your wedding. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, dude, I kinda have a strange question to ask you. I don't mean to sound weird or anything, but um there's just been something on my mind lately. Um I've been in Korea for a long time, as you know, and sometimes I feel like I'm kind of losing touch with my past. So I was wondering if maybe you could tell me like what you remembered about me, like the good and bad stuff um, before I came to Korea. Um, so I guess like around that time when we saw Departed together in our sophomore year, like 10 years ago. Yeah, so before, like, before Korea and just being totally honest, yeah, yeah, you can be totally okay, honest. Okay, so yeah. mm-hmm. you were unusually ambitious for a young college student. Yeah. And you weren't really that interested in the things that most 18, 19 freshmen, sophomores in college were doing. No. Yeah. You weren't opposed to them, but you weren't. they weren't your um, priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, your priority definitely revolved around school... Um, your film work, and I think pursuing um, romantic relationships. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think does that does that sound yeah, right? I think you got that right. But you were you were exceptionally ambitious, mm-hmm. um, and you had clear cut goals that people our age, you know, eight, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, did not have at all. Most film students became film majors because a 
they just like have a general interest in movies and mm -hmm. didn't know what else they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So they just thought that would be a fun career that you could kind of just flail around and get your feet wet and do. Exactly. Um, you were more realistic about it. I think I was too. Yeah. Um, so you were, you know, you were doing things that other students just weren't writing feature screenplays, taking on all these really ambitious projects, documentary, fiction, experimental, whatever, um, that others weren't. But how about the negative stuff? Um, uh, but yeah, I would definitely describe you as a kind of a black sheep. Yeah. You definitely had this, this very clear ambivalence about, just groups of people in general, mm -hmm. um, whether or not you wanted to hang out with them. Like I definitely associate. know some people thought that you could be really condescending. Yeah. At the same time that you thought, I think you were being, you know, extending a handshake and being friendly. People thought of you as very aloof. After talking to my friend, I'm just wondering two things. Am I still that aloof black sheep that I was before? And am I still as passionate and uncompromising in my dream of finally becoming a movie director? I guess we shall see. Even though I am both legally and socially married, our union has yet to be sanctified by the Roman Catholic Church. So this summer, we will be taking the long trek back home to visit relatives who I haven't seen in years, but also to receive a holy sacrament. In preparation, my wife and I are going through the Catholic education process. So we wake up bright and early every Sunday morning, and before Mass I get a nice review of Catholic doctrine. And it feels familiar, but fresh at the same time. I stopped going to church before I came to Korea, so this is the first time I've experienced church life here. The teacher asks the students to choose a saint name, which very often becomes people's English names that they use when they introduce themselves to foreigners. So the teacher needs to remind the students not to pick a name by the way it sounds. Rather, you should study the life of that saint. It should be someone you can look up to, a role model. This reminds me of when I chose my saint name in high school. I flipped through the book of saints, which was given to me when I received my first communion. When I was really young, I just looked at the pictures. But now I was reading what these revered individuals actually did. Many of them were martyrs, people who died for their faith, mostly passive resistors. And that was not something that was appealing to me at that age. There were bullies at my school, and I didn't ward them off by turning the other cheek. They left me alone when I hit back. So I turned to a page that stuck out to me. I saw a picture of a Roman soldier riding a horse. And there was a story below his picture about how he slayed a dragon. Now this seemed like something I could relate to. And I chose St. George. Not because his name sounded cool, but because he was cool. I mean, he slayed a dragon. And now the Koreans at this Catholic church call me George. The name kind of reminds me of George McFly. After deeper inquiry into the life of St. George, I found out, in fact, that there is no evidence supporting the story of his battle with the dragon. However, there is significant evidence about how he was martyred for refusing to renounce his faith during one of the last Christian persecutions of the 4th century. He was a passive resistor. 
just like all the other saints I read about. Hello. Hello, Father Ruben. Uh, this is Brian. I'm yes. Gabby and Paul's son. Brian. Uh, you know Gabby and Paul, right? Gabby and Paul Crandall? Gabby. Uh, Gabby. Yeah. Do, do you live in Korea? Yeah, I live in Korea. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah. Tell me. Uh, yeah. Sorry to call you so suddenly. No, don't worry. It will be good. So right now my wife is going through the process of choosing her saint name, but I'm wondering what the proper criteria should be when you choose your saint name. For me, it could be a, a person who works with the poor and my role model. Mm -hmm. uh, depends what, what do you think is a good role model for you that you can follow the steps. You can try to imitate them. You know, this is one of the things that we call Christian because we follow the steps of Christ. Mm -hmm. What he did, so he loved the poor, he loved the people, he gave the life for the people, so... Yeah. How about how about, uh, how about your role model? John de Bosco, he was so hungry to help the young people, so he started building schools Father Rubin went on to explain the background story of his role model. Much different from my own role model, I must say. John Tabasco was a priest who helped young orphans stay out of trouble during the Industrial Revolution. My role model was a war hero who aspired to be a founding father of a new American republic. John Tabasco was later revered as a saint. My role model was slammed by revisionist history. He has mostly been forgotten. Father Rubin obviously believes there are individuals worth imitating, people whose lives somehow correspond to our own life goals. In other words, a role model shouldn't just be someone we respect, but someone we can regard as a sort of vocational mentor. I'm thinking now it might be helpful if there was a saint of movies. I'll Google that in the morning, but first, I do what I normally do when I'm under a lot of stress from work and deep, inconvenient thinking. I watch a John Wayne movie. Well, there she be, Tom. After 20 days of hard riding. We're going to have to learn the lingo they use down here, Davey. <laughs> Where do we go, Davey? To the town or to the fort? There's no fort. It's an old mission. You better take a better look. A lot of people moving in there. Them guns don't give an old mission look to me. Colonel, <clears throat> what do C-A-N-T-I-N-A spell? I slowly drift off to sleep, and in my dream I meet my college friend Alex, St. George, George McFly, Father Reuben, and my old role model. I would explain to you everything they said, but I won't remember when I wake up, which is right now. On my way to work I don't read like I usually do. I'm thinking about my old role model. I'm wondering if my expectations for a good role model were right from the beginning. I'm wondering if I expected him to be a saint like George, the Dragon Slayer. I'm walking down to crowded street in Seoul and I see shopkeepers selling stuff, office workers running because they're late for work. I see high school students playing hooky and beggars with their heads bent low. I wonder if these people have role models. 
or if they're like me in my camouflage, blending in with the crowd, trying to do their best to survive. What if I have a role model and I don't even know it? Could it be that my role model is everyone around me divided by their sum total? It's a tough pill to swallow. But perhaps over the last 10 years, I've been putting my faith in Saint Conformity, Saint Mediocrity, and Saint Averageness. Let us schoolgirls riding bikes with short skirts. Sexy models playing mobile games while lounging around on pink bed covers. POV shots of men watching famous women posing as their girlfriends. Plastic surgery. Okay, stop right there. No more of this second-rate commercial garbage. Let's make something exceptional. Not rely on these cheap conventions. You know, we can make something new and fresh here. We can capture people's hearts, not just their attention. We have a duty as content producers to lead culture, not simply reinforce what is already going on in the collective imagination. Let's articulate the substance of our client's brand. And if they have no substance, we can't possibly expect to complete a successful marketing campaign. That's what I was saying in my head. I didn't actually say that out loud. Way up here on top of my mountain, I'm thinking about how blessed I am to have a wonderful wife, a job in the field that I love, and a dream that I am constantly pursuing. A wife, a job, a dream. All have responsibilities associated with them. I need to be brave. I need to be virtuous. I need to be self-sacrificing. As I think about the topic of role models, I'm starting to have a change of heart. Maybe we do need them. Role models. Because if we don't consciously imitate someone, like Father Reuben was saying, we might end up doing so subconsciously. And chances are, those will be the people around us. And if you're like me, you aren't surrounded by a bunch of saints. With that said, we don't necessarily need to venerate our role models as saints or stand on the shoulders of giants, like what the Enlightenment thinkers once said. I think we should have new standards of what defines a good role model. What do you think? What should those standards be? You'll have to let me know, because that'll be the topic of our next episode, entitled The Alamo. One, two, three. Welcome to Hero and Me, a podcast that celebrates exceptionalism. Not as a thing that distinguishes notable figures of history textbooks from our own times, but as an ideal, achievable, right now. This storytelling series parallels the lives of our heroes with the ups and downs of our own times, so that we can learn from the past, live better lives in the present, and succeed in the pursuit of our most lofty goals. If you think history is fun, but also useful, Hero and Me might be the podcast for you. If you are looking for inspiration, but are sick of the self-help books that all say the same things, I made this podcast for you. In which case, you can find us at brianacrandall.com slash heroandme 
and subscribe to our mailing list. We will send you the episodes as they come out, along with additional stories and commentary about the heroes we cover. Thank you for listening, and I'm looking forward to keeping this conversation going in future episodes. Thank you.